This week on the Invasion of the Podcast, Solo Solo Films. We talk about the importance of sidekicks. And the importance of them kicking the crap out of each other. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? All right, and welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. I am Paul Hinchman number one, Stedman. And to my left, as always, is Paul Hinchman number two. No, your name's not Paul. Joe no, Hinchman, Hinchman number two, two. Peters. <laughs> I, I don't know why I gave you my name, but it, uh, so yes. Anyway, so welcome to the podcast. Yeah, and we said we we're going to bring this to you on Saturday. We we made it made it work for a Friday. Um, so because we care that much about all you guys, because you're just like you know, it's been almost a full week without some podcasts. So, like we're going to bring it to you. Yeah, it was a little it was a little rough through the week, and um, I had some stuff going on and things didn't line up. But we managed to hire some a minions. lot of modeling that popped up. He had to do a lot of modeling in uh, Milan. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 tough flying back and forth. Uh, <laughs> but um, we hired some minions and we got it done quicker. Yes. So, so. let's get right into the good stuff. News team assemble. So solo solo films. Uh, a lot of talk about solo films uh, in the news. Um, Comic Con just kicked off, and there's definitely a lot of news in Comic Con. We're going to devote a podcast to that. Um, so I kind of don't want to get into too much stuff because I know you guys are probably like, "Well, what about Comic Con?" Um, yeah, because I mean, the bulk of that's going to be like tomorrow and the next day, and so we're gonna um, we're gonna do a whole like thing about that next week. And also, we got to get out there for yeah. our panel that we're gonna yes. host. So and that's the reason why we're trying to squeeze this in tonight. We're gonna we're gonna take in Comic Con. We're gonna eat it up. We're gonna let it digest. We're gonna take a nap, and then we're gonna work on the next cast next week. But for news this week, uh, solo films. I'm gonna start with. Like I'm gonna save my favorite for last. Okay. So um, I know one of the solo films, Holly Berry, has expressed a, uh, an, an interest in doing a solo storm film, and she's put it out there. Uh, if the fans want it, let I guess Fox know or Hollywood know she wants. She'll do it. And I don't know if that's a cry for. Um, I love playing Storm or a cry for, ah, I need a couple bucks. Well, you, you know what? Make a solo Storm film. Just get Zoe Saladana to play it, and then I'd watch it. Really? Yeah, because I just, Holly Berry, like, if you notice, like, her accent, like, her attempt at an accent mm, goes down every single movie to the point. It's like, she didn't really even talk a whole lot during Days of Future Past, which I'm cool with. Yeah. That was, but, a, that's a good thing, like, I, like at her accent, yeah. And, like, Anna Paquin did not even... I don't even. I don't know. If she attempted to pull off a rogue Southern accent. She didn't in True Blood. Um, so, like, yeah, I true, think yeah. that's funny. I think that should have been like part of like the casting and be like, wait, didn't you play a Southern X Men who didn't have a Southern accent? It's like, yeah, but that time I had a stripe in my hair. 
But um, yeah, Holly Berry. I mean, like, give me give me that South African accent. Um, you know, for Storm. I mean, if she could do that and she could rock a mohawk, I would be fine with her playing Storm again. But you're right. Um, I, I think Oro Mon- Monroe is is an interesting enough character to have an entire movie. Oh yeah, because um, because she was basically when she was born treated like she's a, a god. You yeah, know, like, because she can control the weather. So it's like I think there's enough there for a story to make an interesting film. I just she has never handled that character well enough for me to care for her to continue on. And, and not that um, I'm not saying that she's not capable because I mean, clearly she's won an Oscar and right. all that, but it's just, you know, honestly, I don't think she's ever taken the source material seriously enough. I think she's just like, I'm in a comic book movie. Then that should just be enough. I, I agree with you, especially when she's kind of in Hugh Jackman's shadow for playing a character that he loves like Wolverine. Like if you have Hugh Jackman churning out movies as Wolverine, as much as, I mean, she's been in her fair share of X-Men movies, but yeah. it's like, you're not in this like Hugh Jackman's in this. I mean, he digs playing Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, you're not like I'm stumped. I am Storm. You know. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, that's a character that you could have taken out of pretty much any of those movies and replaced them with any of the other core X Men characters, even B listers. And I think people really wouldn't have cared because she never made you care enough about that character. Yeah. Even though in the comics, honestly, she's been given like like she's led the team. She is one of like the big heavies of X Men. It's just that they've never given us a reason in the movies to actually be treated as such. Yeah, I agree with you. Cause she, or Cyclops, even, for that matter, too, because they kind of... Do like, you mean like, in the movies? Yeah, they kind of... like you know, He he was kind of a bigger deal in the second one, but it kind of... Like, he was just kind of just like the love interest in the first. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Like, they never really had a definitive leader, but, like, the two of them are definitely definitive leaders in the books. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, I, like, sure. Like, let's, if it happens, it happens, but, I mean... At this point, I not that I'm saying there's too many superhero movies because I mean I like a lot of what's coming, but I you know they just do Deadpool right, and then we'll just start talking about other oh, movies. Yeah. You know, can't wait for Deadpool podcast. Anyway, um, it's be tacos and swearing the entire <laughs> taco, time. But we're gonna have fresh chimichangas. <laughs> um, it's gonna be chimney changas and swear words. <laughs> Yeah, that may be like an M-rated podcast. We could do one. It's going to just be sixty seconds of that six seconds, sixty minutes of a beep the entire time. <laughs> um, and then a Batman solo movie. Uh, you know, obviously Batman versus Superman's coming out uh, next year. Ben Affleck uh, has yeah. been talking about how he's going to do a solo Bat movie, and he's going to direct it. Yeah, like, what Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Franchise? What is that? What the name of the yeah. movie is? No, uh, I don't know. I think I, that would be cool for him to do. I like I. That would be an interesting take, like, because I, I think Affleck tends to do better in the director's chair. Yes. I so, agree with that. like, I mean, maybe he could churn out some quality Batman movie, you know? Well, and I know he's also working with, is it, um, not Jeff Johns. It's one of the other, like, bigger guys at DC, like, that is, like, one of the, the ones who has done right by Batman for the past couple of years. I just, the name is escaping me. I thought it was Jeff Johns, but he's more like Green Lantern Flash. Yeah, he does Green Lantern, I Yeah. Mean. Um, so like, yeah, you're right. Affleck, like people used to give him crap and yeah, he's been in some questionable things at times, but I will say that, um, this weekend I ended up binge watching a great deal of things and I sat down and I actually watched Gone Girl, which I had not seen that. I know that like I'm kind of coming late to the game on that. Yeah. But I haven't seen it yet either. It's, I know it's, it's really good well, actually. Really, really good. Part of the reason is cause like, I know when it came out, like I was interested in seeing it cause I like watching thrillers. And it's Fincher too. Like yeah. That's, oh yeah. It's really good. Like 
I was somebody was talking about it at work, and they were like, they they didn't slip the whole plot, but they basically spe- they spelled it out for me. Oh, in a way. They, they gave you the one hour turn because it's like about an hour, and things get weird. Yeah, they were yeah. like, oh, but this, and I'm just like, oh, so it kind of takes some of the mystery away from me, and I was just like. I'll get to it when I get to it. Well, you know, it's kind of those things where I want to see the theater and I missed it. And I, not that this is the Affleck cast, but it's, it's, it's interesting because they announced the solo Batman film and he's going to be behind it. It's like he was really good in Gone Girl. Did you see Argo? I didn't see Argo. That, I mean, it did win Best Picture. He directed it and started it. Really, really good movie. So I think giving, um, I think maybe Warner Brothers is finally seeing the light of saying, hey, you put like quality people and put places to have success, you're going to get quality product. So maybe this is the start of that. Cause as much as I like Zack Snyder, I, you know, he's done like one and a half good movies and one well, actually, you know, no Watchmen was good and 300 was good, but everything else has been kind of, yeah, kind of iffy. Sucker punch was basically kind of like, like this looks cool. It was a trailer movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I but. just, maybe, maybe Warner Brothers is finally learning to, to do, do right. Cause if, if Affleck is that interested and that devoted to the Batman character, then like, and I, I would love to see, and I, granted I'm, I'm not in Hollywood cause I mean, if I was, then I don't know, I'd probably not be making, making Batman movies, but I think that he will give it a chance to let be more of like the on the ground level, like brooding detective Batman as opposed to what they've been trying to do, where it's make him like over the top, big fights, like make him, like I, like make him more grounded, and get rid of the bat armor. I don't like which I guess is in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we still got to get through Batman vs Superman, but that's that's a solo movie. Um, the solo solo movie though is uh, they announced a Han Solo solo movie. The solo 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 movie. Solo movie. Yeah. So we're gonna finally get to see uh, Han Solo in his own movie. Well, did you see the exciting part though? Is that um, was it Phil Lord and Chris Miller are associated with that? Those are the guys that did the Lego Movie. They did. Yeah, um, like, I saw that. The, yeah, I saw that. The, the they said because like when I read it first, I read the article and it was like I thought it was gonna be like a Lego Movie, like a Lego Han Solo movie. I'm like, oh okay, whatever you guys want to do. And then I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah, but those guys had, like I, I know they did a Lego movie. And they've done s- some other stuff too. Um, they do. They've also uh, produced that uh, Last Man on Earth series that's on uh, Fox with um, uh, uh, Will Forte, which it cracks me up. So it's like they they've been doing really good stuff recently. So for them to jump on to the Han Solo um, anthology film, which I know that they had been rumored for a while because the guy who was uh, oh it was the one Josh Trank walked away from. Like they wouldn't say what it was. That was the one he walked away from? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. That's intimidating, too, though. Like, that's an intimidating movie. Well, I mean, when I say they walked away from it, it's because I know that they announced Rogue One, and then they announced a second anthology Star Wars movie, and they and they said Trank was associated with it, but they wouldn't say what it was. Mm. And this has to be it. I don't know what else they're talking about right there now. There was going to be the Boba Fett one. Yeah, I guess. They were talking yeah. about a Boba Fett one, too. Well, but you, you think they'd want to get the Han Solo one out first. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, um... I think it's a good move. Like the only other people I think that would be that would that would like if you were to like here's a question for you. If you were to pick like a director or creative team to make a Han Solo film now, like who do you think like you would be your dream team of like available act like available talent? Talent yeah. for to play Han Solo? Well, like that too, but also this like is there cuz I think like um the uh Russo brothers that did Winter Soldier. Yeah. Like that would be Russo brothers would be really good yeah. too. Um, I'm trying to think any recent directors where they just kind of like fired out a movie and it was like really good. 
Um, who's the guy? Who's the guy that did True Detective? Oh, oh, oh! Oh, um, they have him yeah. doing um, the, the the rest of the Star Wars in there. Oh shoot! Yeah, he's doing one of the Star Wars episodes. You're right. Uh, what's uh, Corey something? Um, it's it's like a a weird last name. He's he's the one that stepped away from uh, Stephen King's It recently. I think yeah. you're talking about. But yeah, like that. Or um, I know uh, shoot Peter Berg could probably be fun. I know he did Battleship and he did like Friday Night Lights, but he also did the Rundown. Like I think there would be some fun. Oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, you know, it, not that he's locked up by Marvel, but it's like. Which is also under like the Disney flagship, but it's like James Gunn. Could you imagine him doing a Han Solo? I could film? see him doing a Han Solo. I would yeah. love to see Josh Whedon do a Han Solo movie. That would be awesome. Because Josh Whedon loves that character. The, just he, give he him was, a scoundrel with a yep. team, and that would be <laughs> so good. Just like somehow de-age Nathan Fillion. <laughs> just like just be like, dude, we're going to Benjamin Button you, and we're going to make you a young, a young Han Solo, and that would be ideal. Yeah, so, yeah. so I, I think that like... It, whatever this movie is, it has to, it better be fun. Right. It just better be like, like, I mean, obviously there, there has to be some, you know, I'm not really a big prequel, not, I'm not in terms of star Wars, but in terms of a lot of things where it's like, I don't need to always know the story that happened before because it's like, I already know where it's going. Right. Yeah. We don't know anything really about Han Solo unless you talk about like, the expanded. Kessel run is about the only thing. Is there anything in like the even though there, they don't um, say it now the expanded universe stuff? The expanded universe. There's things with Chewie and how he met Chewie. Uh, there's things with him being in the Imperial Navy uh, and being a stormtrooper at one time and like running away, um, stuff like that. But a lot of the stuff that um, uh, you know they do with the expanded universe, they don't touch on in the movies and they kind of disregarded. I think there's very little. Like, Lucas used a few planets from the Expanded Universe, which is cool, but, like, especially with Episode 7, you know, everybody's talking about how they wanted Grand Admiral, Th- Grand Admiral Thrawn and, um, like, the Jedi Order and Mara Jade and all those things to pop up, and then they're not gonna. Okay. So I don't see them using any of that canon. The only thing I would, would like to see would be maybe the Kessel Run, and I understand what happens. We all know what happens in the Kessel Run, but I think it would be cool... To see it happen. It's funny that you say that because with Abrams directing the new Star Wars, but he also did Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things of the first Star Trek with that big reboot was the um, the Kobayashi Maru test, like the big test they put everybody through. And he could have went back and changed it and done whatever he wanted. But that's kind of like one of those big turning points for Kirk and Spock. So you, you would think that of all the things that they're going to drop off the table, Star Wars wise, the Kessel Run, they... they that I think that it's going to stay. It has to stay part of the story. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm excited for this one. I think that I think I'm actually more excited for the anthology films than I am the episode, like the actual yeah. episodes, because Rogue One sounds awesome, and this is going to be fun. I always love visiting the Star Wars universe and all the different media's they have because it's cool to see different takes. But are you more excited for like I don't know? Are you more of a Force person or more of like the the edges like where there's like the scoundrels and the people just trying to? I love to, it all. Okay. I mean, I I get excited when they go to uh, Nal Hutta and stuff like that and different things and like I actually have a um. There's a really good book out there called Death Trooper or Death Troopers. Isn't that like a German metal band? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, but it's basically stormtrooper zombies. Um, so like, there's like a, a plague on a uh, like a prison ship, and the government or the Romero the, Seven. Yeah, I don't know what the name of the prison ship is. No, but they they send a um, uh, they st- send a stormtrooper unit to investigate it, and there's also like a um, I want to say I, I read it a while ago. I can't remember. It was it was like a 
There was a civilian ship as well that was involved with it. Okay. And somehow they ended up like crossing paths. And then there's this plague, obviously it's a zombie plague, but then these stormtroopers show up because it's an Imperial space and, um, you know, zombie stuff's happened. But it's a really cool book and huh. it's completely, there's no Jedi, there's no really named characters or anything like that that's really major in, in the storyline. Okay. So, yeah, I'm excited for, like, I just think that the Star Wars universe is, you got like the magic side of things, but you also like I guess you can call force magic. I oh don't yeah, know. it's totally magic. And then, but you got the other like I, I use the word scoundrel, but like it's I'm excited for like that side of things because it's always been like that swashbuckling aspect. So mm-hmm. hopefully they do right for for this. And so far they have picked a good team to do it. So I'm excited. Um, other things in news, like I know, and this is kind of like I don't know, starts out weird, but I know California's got um, a lot of problems with water. And, um, like if we, we don't have that problem up here cause we have giant lakes by yeah, us, it's just, which they're, is, they're great, which fact. is pretty cool. I'm sorry, California. Um, but, but I think if I lived out in California, I would probably be stealing wa- people's water cause I could not be rationing water. Well, you're, you're like, your, your name's Joe. So you're like a Morton Joe from Fury Road where it's like, <laughs> right. I'm keeping all this water this for all myself. My water. Yeah. I would totally turn on the valve. But like, <laughs> if you were to steal some water, like what would be some good water stealing theme music? This is the one that comes to mind. Which is bizarre because <laughs> this is set in Hawaii, which is just surrounded by water. It's salt water. <laughs> it's salt water. Um, Maybe we shouldn't make too much fun, but I, I thought this was just a bizarre story that um, Tom Hanks, not Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks is probably doing it, too. No, I mean, <laughs> Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. You know what? That's probably all cover for Tom Hanks out yeah. there in Stillwater. He just puts a mustache on. <laughs> Be like, Tom Hanks, did you see Tom Selleck go by here? No. He dresses up in drag like in Bosom Buddies and just goes out and steals water with Peter, <laughs> with Peter Scolari. Scolari. I was going to say Oh. Uh, so uh, the story is that, that this has been going on for actually a few years that Tom Selleck has a large ranch. I guess he raises avocados. Like, I don't know. How, like, not raise them. I mean, Dude's got to have his guacamole. Yeah, but it's not like he raises avocados. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, these are all like, they're just free range. They just run around. One day they'll, they'll become guacamole. I don't know how. <laughs> that's Tim. That's <laughs> Crystal. That's Brad. <laughs> yeah. Tom, I get it. You named them all. Can we go back inside? <laughs> So uh, clearly, the, as the story goes, I found this um, where he would send somebody out in like this uh, truck to go to a different county to go to a particular fire hydrant and just fill up this truck to then take the water back to his ranch to tend to his avocado crops. And so um, the county figured this out, and they were actually hiring private investigators to track this truck. So they magnum PI'd magnum PI. Yeah, which you would think that if you were known as being a detective for years on TV, that you'd be really good at covering your tracks. Apparently not. But like as the article went on, said in probably the most boring stakeout ever, you know, like just like you just got to watch this truck. It's like, is it getting water? I guess we got to go follow, follow the water truck. Like there's there's human trafficking, trafficking. There's drugs. There's the guns coming across the border. Let's go follow the water truck back to Mustache Ranch. Yeah. You know, like uh, the Mustache truck rolls up and then the <laughs> cops are banging on it. Can I see your ID? Mr. Higgins <laughs> with Dobermans in the truck. You yeah. know. Uh-huh. So Tom Selleck stealing water. You think at least it'd be like a cool looking Ferrari. Just come up, take the water and drive away real fast or whatever yeah. it was. He drove in the show. What was that? I don't know. That guy looked cool. Did you see that shirt he had on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
I, you know, other than just mentioning that it's like Tom, uh, Tom Selleck has pretty much had like a spotless, like, uh, like social presence in terms of like, I've just never heard anything bad about Tom Selleck. Yeah. He's supposed to be, uh, he was supposed to be Indiana Jones, but couldn't leave Magnum. So it's like, you feel bad for him, but it's like, oh, I'm just going to be on a CBS show for the rest of my life and still water. Like, can't he afford water? Like, I don't Maybe know. Maybe like, if he was Indiana Jones. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that's a question though. It's like, if, if you live out in an area of like that, that is water dependent, but you've also had a comfortable like life making a lot of money being like a celebrity. How much more does it cost to get water? I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I tried to do a little research on it, like then converting salt water and stuff. And it's very expensive, especially oh. for like the size of California. Do you think he went to Kevin Costner and said, Hey, you know, <laughs> like, I know you have some experience with this. What should I do? You know, yeah. it's like, he's like, you know, in fact, you know, like just find a tree and pee on it and then you'll be good. You know, like, but anyway, so I thought that was a weird story. <laughs> yeah. That so, was yeah. really weird and funny. I wanted to bring it up because I know <laughs> that probably swing under the radar unless you lived in California. So if you're, you're probably really mad about it. Yeah. If you if just, you live in like, California or listen to the podcast, you're just like top selling server bitch. <laughs> yeah. There's probably like, like TV land out in California has now pulled all Magnum now as well. Right. It's probably like, no, you know, so all right. <laughs> no more syndication for you, buddy. I'm thirsty. <laughs> all right. So, um, that was that. So let's get on to the, this maybe, maybe. And now for our feature presentation. I was getting really slick there with the buttons there for a moment, but then I, you know, just you're out it, of practice. Yeah, um, it's been like six days. Um, so um, we uh, were thinking of like what to talk about because we have like a number of like topics that we want to dig into and kind of give a little bit more like time to kind of let them breathe. And I just realized Minions was coming out. Yep this this weekend it actually and, came out today. Yeah, so it's out. I'm, I'm probably gonna go check it out tomorrow. I love the Minions. Um, but instead of going on and on about Despicable Me, like we have been about like Terminator, Jurassic Park, um, you know, all these other great movies that have come out uh, and talking about the franchises and the previous ones, we figured we would just devote more time to Minions, Henchmen and Sidekicks. Yeah, because I mean, like it was one of those things where I was, I was thinking about it and it just occurred to me that like they, the, the concept of that overall provides so much um, like information to viewers and, and readers that it's like we, we often forget that like they're there, like there's a lot of reasons that they're there. And so we wanted to shine a light and celebrate like the sidekick. Yeah. I mean, taking it apart from like the point of view from like a writing point of view, like it's a great vehicle for somebody to use a sidekick for many, many different reasons um, to enhance a story. Cause it gives you a different perspective. Cause a lot of times like either in movies or novels or even comic books, You'll have this perspective of like the main protagonist, and then you have your antagonist. But you know, the sidekick gives you a different view. Um, and there's a lot of like famous sidekicks, and the reason that they're famous is because they kind of enhance the character that they're sidekicked with. So I did a little bit of reading on this, aka Wikipedia, um, and I because uh, really like the internet's like. Oh, cat videos and Wikipedia. That's really yeah. that's what. And like, for. I think if you and type, our show, by the way, yeah, yeah, I typed in I typed in sidekicks, and the first thing that popped up was a cat video, um, and then the Wikipedia sidekicks, and then the link for our show. Yeah, it's exactly the three things. That's it. So if you don't believe me, Google our show. <laughs> yeah, please Google the show. You should go uh, look for Invasion of the podcast. Leave us like a good review on iTunes. That'd be great. Also, 
um, go to our Facebook page and Invasion the Podcast. And we're on Twitter at Invading Podcast and Gmail, invadingpodcast at gmail.com. So please leave us things because we, we like feeling like attention. If you tweet at us, we will tweet back. Um, and trust me, if it is kind of like after like nine o'clock ish and either of us are drunk, we will definitely tweet, tweet back. <laughs> I like implying that it's like. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. It's just if it's after nine, we'll probably be drunk and we'll probably be on Twitter. <laughs> not, not that we'll be drunk after nine, but I'm just saying there's no, been I mean, multiple. Definitely, definitely get started around four or five. There'll be multiple just, instances where I'm like off of work the next day and I'm like a little buzzed and I'm just on Twitter and I'm just like, I'm going to get my Twitter jetpack on and watch this. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted, at, um, I tweeted at the Candyman. He didn't write back to me. Uh, Tony Todd. Oh, Tony Todd, yeah. I was just like, hey, Tony Todd. We said your name five times into a mirror, and we both got dressed up waiting for something to happen, and you didn't show up, and he didn't tweet. Was oh, that when us. Bloody Mary showed up? I, that was really weird. I, yeah, so it's just I was just like, I, but no, Sammy Davis Jr. showed up. Like, it was like, <laughs> it was like you're the candy man, but not the one that we needed. So um, anyway, when we're, I was <laughs> where there's originals were in our pockets, yeah. and Wilford Brimley showed up. I don't even know what's going on. Um, I don't know what he has to do with anything. We broke the mirror. <laughs> Um, I looked up because sidekick. You think about that. It's like it's there's a lot of like turns of phrases that we just like take in stride and just know what they mean, but not really understand like the origin of it. So I thought it'd be interesting to at least mention like the origin of the word and then go oh, okay, from there. Yeah. So uh, sidekick comes from um, it's a slick uh, slang for a pickpocket in the late 19th century and early 20th century. Um, the kick is the front side pocket of a pair of pants, and so. Basically, when pickpockets would go up, they'd work in pairs, and someone would distract that side for someone to pull the, the whatever out of the pocket, so they were the sidekick. So that's kind of comes nefarious kind of origin for that word. But okay, so yeah, there was that. Um, but you did mention that as like a, a device that sidekicks do serve a lot of pur- pur- uh, purposes. Um, yeah, I I find it interesting because we were talking about this before the show that the concept of a sidekick minion henchman is so ingrained in just um, expository parts of media where if you think about it, it's like, it's not like people refer to each like friends as sidekicks or things, but you don't really see that kind of terminology used in other portions of life. They're not really in sports. It's not really like in your job, Yeah, but it's just in like entertainment. Right. And that's why I said like the different like novels, comics, TV movies, Um, like people will write these characters in to support the other characters and not so much, like support them in whatever they're doing in the um in the story but more or less support them so that the reader gets a different perspective whether it be there cuz there's different roles sidekicks have sidekicks can be humorous um they can be uh like a knowledge like they could be like that um uh, I don't want to say like a teacher but they could be the one who kind of like gives the protagonist or the main character um a different insight or they're always kind of like being the voice of reason. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think when you think of like, um, Sherlock Holmes and Watson, like the original take on it, like Watson was more of the personable person to make actually Sherlock accessible, accessible because he was kind of, yes, this like, weird, if, like quirky. Right. Um, if they took Sherlock, if they took like, I, like if they took Watson out of Sherlock Holmes, you'd have a really bizarre novel about a detective who was unsociable and like, so quirky that you probably kind of wouldn't get into the story 
because what John Watson does is John Watson puts his perspective like John. It's almost like John is it, Watson. Is it John or Henry Watson? Is it John or is it John Watson? I thought it was John. Watson. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Mister Watson. Yeah, I, Doctor. But anyway, Theroy Johnson. <laughs> uh, but but Watson. Um, you know, Watson kind of like grounds him a little bit so that the reader can like appreciate Holmes more, especially with like what the crazy stuff Holmes do, does and he figures out because like to just write Holmes like he figured it out, like a reader probably would not appreciate it more than when Watson is kind of blown away by like his wit and like how quick he can deduce things like Watson's almost like a hype man in that sense <laughs> where Watson's like, oh, my gosh, he just figured this out like this. How did he deduce this? Yeah. You know, and then at the same time, it's like Watson has to pull him back sometimes in a sense, like, no, Holmes, you can't do that. Or, you know, it's it's yeah. very it's very interesting vehicle for the I mean, it's still Sherlock Holmes's show, but the the, the viewers or the readers definitely live through John Watson a little bit. And, and also like the, the flip side of that, too, is like if it was just about Watson being like this personable guy that doesn't deduce things the same way as someone else would. He'd just be some guy showing up the crime scenes. that would be like, Oh, well that's unfortunate. Yeah. And and there would be no, like, I mean, you'd, you'd like him, but there'd be like no forward momentum with any of the stories. There would be probably as that character, less yeah. dialogue because Watson asks questions to, uh, that Holmes answers things like that, you know? Yeah. So, and then I think another literary sidekick, um, that is probably, um, not over. That's not overlooked, but is is just as big as uh, Sam and Frodo. Yeah. So I I mean to me in a lot of ways like that's another example of like a big supportive character that is also um kind of like a grounded knowledgeable character because in the same way that Watson and and Sherlock works like like Frodo slowly slipped into the the um corruption of the ring. Yeah. And like. Sam was there to basically make sure he didn't turn into Gollum in a well, sense. Well, that and like, also like you look at like um how they were as characters like Sam had to become the strong one at yes, the end. Yes, yeah, exactly. And Frodo was falling apart, so it's like they kind of at a point they switched places, but it was it was uh, Sam being like, "Well, you you're you're my friend and you asked me to do this for you and we're not stopping." Right. And I'm you know, it's like I'll question and I'm going to always remind you of why we're doing this, but I'm not going to question my devotion to you. Yeah. Like, like, he has to remember to do things for Frodo, to keep Frodo safe, and things like that. And, and always be suspicious of that Gollum guy. Yeah. He's always just like, I don't like that guy. I don't trust him. Yeah. He eats all that bread. He's like, just because you guys both had he's a like ring. That, he's like that dick at Olive Garden where it's like, hey, guys, what's going on? Can I have some? It's like, Gollum, get away. We bought this on our own. It's like, well, yeah, I just want to hang out. <laughs> I don't know. You going to finish know. that breadstick? Yeah. <laughs> no. What's, what's breadsticks? I know, I know they're unlimited, but they're not yours. <laughs> what's, that, you know? what's salad, precious, and breadsticks, <laughs> precious? <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, I think those are really two good examples of, of sidekicks. Well, and then, like, we, we, um, we have a number of, of like, we, we talked about, like, you start, like, pulling that string on that sweater. There's a lot that comes out with that. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, not only... Do you have someone that's like standoffish, like Sherlock Holmes? I mean, the ultimate standoffish person, actually, two of them would be Batman, because mm-hmm. it's like even though you have thought bubbles, two characters. Go ahead. I was going to say Batman and Doctor and the Doctor, Doctor doc, yeah. and Doctor and the Doctor, because like with the sidekicks with Batman and the Doctor, um, their sidekicks are there pretty much to keep them grounded, and in, may or may not get killed. And yeah, because like 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 the bat. Like Batman and the Doctor could kind of survive on their own, but their sidekicks kind of help 
uh, keep them, I guess, humane. Humane. I mean, Batman is pretty much a very good solo character, but I don't think the Doctor is a great solo. He is a good solo character without a companion. I think there's a few episodes of Doctor Who I remember watching where they were probably in the middle of a cast where they were like trying to find the new companion, and he ran off on his own. And he gets a little dark, and they do it on purpose just to show that his humanity starts to slip. Same thing with like Batman. Like Batman is like like Dick Grayson or, or Jason Todd or whoever he has that's that's Robin at the time isn't really there kind of like to like make sure that like the penguin doesn't sneak up on him as much as he's there because like that character kind of has a different life um you know yes your their parents got lost too but it isn't like a massive revenge driven like i don't care i'm just going to throw my body yeah. The, that these guys and I will just like he he keeps them safe like Bat Robin is there because he's younger and Batman realizes that he can't get into situations. Well, it's also like he's Bat, Batman's always worried about the line that he doesn't want to cross, right? And it's easier. I mean, it, it's a very human trait for someone to recognize what you don't want to have happen to other people. Right. So he will hold people at arm's length to be like, "Well, you shouldn't do that." But then in turn of being reminded of like, well, I shouldn't do that either. Right. So it's like the whole like, it'd be easy for Batman to kill people and just be done yeah. with it. And But having a younger, more innocent person that hasn't been through as much as he has, he has to try to, I don't know, he's kind of a champion for like that innocence at times. It's a reminder, just yeah. like the Doctor has his reminder of humanity. You yeah, because I mean, I, I, I'm not as well versed in, in Doctor Who as, as Joe is. Um, and we can get into that at another point because uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff with Doctor Who. It, and, gets, but the, a, it gets a little weird, but like the Christopher Eccleston as um, was he the ninth Doctor? Is that what he's called? Yeah, technically he's the ninth Doctor. Yeah, yeah, there was a whole like his whole thing was he was kind of like he's been through a lot of war and a lot of loss, and so he would do things that were like very final solution type of like, well, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But having Rose as his companion. Was like she was a fresh set of eyes to be like, well, why are you doing this? And yeah. it'll kind of keep him like realizing, like, you know, there might be a better solution to this as opposed to just wiping out everything. Right. And there was like an episode two, I know, like after an episode or two where after Rose had left, or I think it was like an interim episode where um, Amy Pond was not there, like Amy and Rory left for a few episodes and David Tennant was kind of, or not David Tennant, Matt Smith was kind of left at his own devices to be the doctor and just go around and do doctor stuff. And it was like, after not medical things. Yeah. He was doctor stuff. He wasn't like making house calls, but like, <laughs> but like after like a couple episodes, he came back to them and they're like, you're kind of a darker doctor. And he, you know, you kind of realize as the viewer, you're like, you guys are there for a reason. That's why he always has a companion. Cause it like, I feel like if he doesn't have a companion, then he would slip into becoming like the master. Okay. So, so um, that, that's, that's like, you know, there's the humanity check, I guess there's also um, the entry point as the viewer, mm-hmm. AKA like Watson, you know, like, yeah. right. So, but there's other ones too. Like, like, um, I just, uh, a couple, like a couple others that I like Millhouse, which I got to do this right now. Everything's coming up. Millhouse. Got to throw that out there. Cause, uh, you know, sidekick to Bart where he's always that kid. I mean, ultimately he wants to be the nice kid, but he also wants to be the cool kid. So he's always going to do what Bart says, no matter what, right. but he's kind of there to always show like, I, I don't know, like, he he comes from a kind of come from a broken home situation, but he, he loves Lisa. But no matter what Bart does, Millhouse is going to be there. Yeah, and I guess it's more of the the Samwise thing. But same time, it's, I don't know. It's not necessarily the same thing because I don't know if he would drag Bart all the way up to the 
top of Mount Mordor, but it would just be he would be there for the initial shenanigans. Yeah, I think I think Millhouse would be a good Samwise. <laughs> and then the other one too, I had uh, this is a little bit longer, but I thought this was awesome. Is uh, this? We must choose battle cries. You know the cries we always emit just before leaping into battle. Oh, you mean like not in the face, not in the face. Arthur from the Tick. We gotta yeah. bring him up because like he's almost like um like a sanity checkpoint for the tick but yeah. the tick doesn't care the tick will do whatever he wants anyway right so i just the whole idea of like i'm just this normal dude here's this guy who's just insane but i like my moth suit so i want to hang around him but he's always the voice of sanity but there's never really i don't know that like was a little he, different because it kind of turns <laughs> on its head he had that one piece of crazy like he's like i love this moth suit i'm gonna wear it to my job <laughs> all this stuff and then it was just like you can't do that and then he met the tick and it was like for all intents purposes, Arthur's a normal dude except for that moth suit. And then he's just like, uh, this lets me wear the moth suit. And I got to make sure this guy doesn't kill himself. Yeah. So um, and is there any um, other? Um, I know we, well, we have we've it, talked about a lot. Well, the, the Arthur and the Tick thing is very um, uh, Don Quixote-ish. Mm-hmm. With, um, yeah, because the Tick is always with like. Sancho Panza. Like, Sancho Panza always trying to like. Like just kind of like make sure Don Quixote doesn't kill himself with all the stupid stuff he does. Well, yeah, you're right because like he's the dreamer and he sees like, this fantastic world, and the tick is the same way. Yeah, in the sense that's like everything's an adventure, everything's yeah. for justice. We got to do this. Like Sancho Panza would just be standing there holding his stuff, be like, "Go fight the windmill, go ahead." Yeah, if it's like, <laughs> but I feel like those those type of sidekicks are like they do see the inherent goodness of like fighting the good fight, mm-hmm. um, but they and they also are. They'll never be as um, of much of a zealot as like I don't know why we're comparing the tick to Don Quixote. I'm sure there's some people out there. Probably, we did it though. Like, they're, they're, like there's blood just shooting out their nose. Being like, <laughs> why did they do that? But it's like they're just so they're, angry, they're like, so angry. And then their sidekick says, "Hey, you know, take a second, just reel just it in calm, a bit, calm yeah. down. Here's some tea, you know." So, but yeah, it's the whole thing. It's like they'll never be as big as a dreamer, but they want to be. So yeah. they'll always be around because they realize that these guys mean well. But they would be more of a danger to themselves if left alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's other there's other a lot of other sidekicks, sidekicks too. Yeah. Comic relief, like uh, like George Costanza, like <laughs> George doesn't really offer anything to Jerry other than just you know being his friend and just like for laughs. Because I mean, like, and I think Jerry's a lot more grounded than George, and it's like he's there as the sidekick just to be like what the hell is this guy doing now yeah well i mean it's like they have the same same similar viewpoints but i think george is always trying to find that angle like he's like really good at being like wanting to find the road to the easy life yeah and working really hard to take the shortcut you know and and, and jerry always is like he's always i mean seinfeld's kind of its own mixed bag of things but jerry's always kind of the one to be like i don't know if this is the right idea i think you're kind of silly for doing this but it's going to be entertaining. So I'm going to stick around and watch the fallout. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then George is there to support him and always like, they always have like, they have very similar thought processes with like Jerry with all his, uh, like I know Jerry always would find like odd bits to get like worked up about, not worked up about, but like to find like lines in the sand to be like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Or his relationships. Like there was always that big thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think, I think it's interesting in the terms of like that, we have so much of this as a a character point that like George Costanza by himself may not be that interesting. However, Curb Your Enthusiasm is Larry David, which Larry David is George Costanza. Yeah. So I, I gathered yeah. that. Like yeah, yeah. Right? When, when I, I didn't watch much of Curb Your Enthusiasm and I, I 
I watched more Seinfeld than Curb Your Enthusiasm, especially now because it's on Hulu. Yeah. But I still can't really say I'm an expert on either. <laughs> but I could definitely see the relationship, like the. So characters. that might be the one time where it's like you got the sidekick that is like that could be standalone. It's, I guess. I guess it's you just, could say it's like a sidekick spinoff show in its own way. Yeah, because Larry David was always a writer. Like he was a Saturday yeah. Live writer and. And everyone's just like, why can't we just make your life? And then, so he made like a hyper reality version of his life where mm-hmm. he's just a, like a an angry man. <laughs> Not an angry, easily annoyed man. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe Larry David needs to write my life. I don't know. But um, I, I don't I think the idea of a sidekick or a companion, like the minions, like just to get back to that briefly, it's like they show the humanity of Gru because mm-hmm. he puts up with their silliness, but they also kind of keep him like completely being evil. Yeah. Even though I mean I know he bring he adopts the kids, but yeah. they were always kind of there and he was always kind of tending to them. So um they were there to make him happy and just kind of like a faithful dog. Um like another no I know another if we're going like henchman wise, uh I guess you talk like another big henchman is Harley Quinn, which if yeah. you look like if you look at Harley Quinn or the Joker before Harley Quinn, like Harley Quinn gives you another perspective of the Joker, like this person that just like She's All, the romantic. The, she's the, like, yeah. The, she loves Mr. J. And, she, and it's like, you've never seen anybody have any type of like relationship with the Joker before, or let alone see how he treats somebody that he hasn't killed within two comic books. You know, in a sense, like he, like Harley Quinn has hung around him more than probably anybody else. That's true. And even though there's been times where he's kind of like left her to be like, well, if you die, you die. Yeah. Even that doesn't ever feel entirely true. Right. Like, I mean, I know he's kind of very, is that sociopathic? Is that what it is? Where yeah. it's basically. But she's, she's basically there so you can kind of like run along with the Joker, but not follow the Joker by Batman chasing him. It's, he can still be scary, but you still kind of cheer for her. Mm-hmm. It's a weird kind of grounding. The same way that, um, yeah, so I mean, like, so basically, I mean, like, I guess we're just saying we like sidekicks, but it just, it just like, and it's one of those things where it's like, maybe it's like, like, well, duh, that's why they exist. They're there as a lens for us to view these other characters, but I don't think that's necessarily always true. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like, they exist for, um, no, it's not there for the characters to exist. It's there for them to enhance them at times, or like you know, to bring out other portions of them, or to at least shape the main the character because it's like. How many people out there say they're just Robin fans? Yeah, you know, so it's like, um, it's 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 a hard thing to separate, you know, like because um, we were talking about like like pairings or whatever. There's a difference between like duos and like you know heroes and sidekicks or like minions and like like um, you brought up uh, Destro, yeah, uh, for like Cobra Commander. Destro feels like he's always the smarter one. Yeah, he's not really a sidekick, but um, it's like an ensemble with Cobra. Because, like... What about Krang with uh, Ninja Turtles? Is he... With Shredder? Yeah, like, who? who's, like... They're who's kind of... The shots they're there? calling the shots together, you they're know? Kind like, of like Shredder a, would go like off and do his own thing. Like a domestic partnership, and they kind of <laughs> do their own thing. Krang's got... Like, the sidekick is that, that Honey Boo Boo Mom robot. <laughs> like... That's the sidekick to Krang. Oh, I just... I thought, like, Shredder was just like, listen, it's like, you know, we don't always get along. He has a really nice home, and he has a lot of money. We're just going to make this work. Yeah, right. And then, like, and then Craig's like, you know, he does have a swimmer's body. You know, I could do worse. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll let him fund this whole thing where he likes to fight turtles. It's fine. 
did I just color that entire cartoon the wrong? I don't know what's going I on. I don't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot why uh, 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 a Japanese ninja master moved in with the creature from another dimension. God, that's the show I want to watch now. That's like, uh, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think like if there's any other like big ones that uh, that we can talk about. Like, uh, you know, like uh, did you ever play the Uncharted series? I played the first one, um, like with I- um, like Nathan and Sully. Like Sully's the older guy who's kind of been through it before. Like uh, he, I don't remember Sully. Sully, he's kind of like I don't know. Like he's just he's the older adventurer and he's kind of seen everything already. And then he's there to help, you know, Nathan. But at the same time, it's like he's going to do his own thing. So it's like this weird like, like, like a me- it's like a mentor knowledge type. Yeah, but he's yeah. still there to kind of help the main guy go along. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess. Is there a sidekick that, that you guys like or feel like there's a different element that maybe we haven't addressed? Please feel free to hit us up on the Facebook page or the Twitter or email us. Or I guess yeah, I found out that you could actually send voicemail via, via like Gmail. Okay. So stalk us versus Gmail. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so then the question, though, is which one of us is the sidekick? That's the question. Like, I, th- I thought we were more of a duo. A duo? Okay, good. Yeah, I didn't. I was really... worried. I was a sidekick. I was just like, I don't want to be a sidekick. I don't want to be a sidekick either. I think. I think because they wear the stupider outfit of the two. I don't know if that's really like. I, I feel like we would get our own separate like sitcoms, and we get our own separate <laughs> comic books. So. Yeah, and then we'd come over with crossover events. Yeah, right. So, all right. Um, yeah, please, like, let us know. I, I think this is an interesting conversation. So, to go on with that, though, now that we've talked about sidekicks, and we've given them their moment in the sun, also. Sorry, if you're yeah. listening to this and this is not like the the week that it came out, if it's like let's say it's December, okay? I mean it's July right 2037. now. Twenty thirty seven. Yeah. So after the future war. Right. <laughs> we just brought you the Terminator episode. Uh, but like just chime in. Be like, hey, I just listened to the sidekick episode and you know what? I have some thoughts about it. You know, I know you guys talked about this six months ago, but like you could bring up our old cast. We'll talk about them. We'll the the hell? Someone's oh, going home to listen to the show right now. <laughs> They're, like, <laughs> They're like, yeah, I heard you guys out the window and I'm just going to just peel like rubber and just go home. <laughs> like I'm going to, I'm going to listen. That guy must be a Smokey and the Bandit fan. And like, it's the guy in the truck behind Smokey. <laughs> no, the Bandit. Like what well, was it Jerry know. Reed? You don't yeah. know the Smokey and the Bandit? All right. Anyway, yeah. Dom DeLuise and Cannonball Run was like, I'm going to go listen to the episode right now. Either that or they're like, they're not talking about Fast 8 yet. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Fast 8. Um <laughs> <laughs> so like um yeah so in, in light of the sidekicks um and there's plenty of them we figured that we would th- now do go back and revisit what we did in episode zero which that's all the way i guess it's zero this is episode 10 technically yeah. if you love this and you're like this is the first cast i listened to go back and listen to episode zero the first and now ever, i know what we're talking about yeah and i'm really quiet i apologize <laughs> <laughs> that's my fault i'm quiet and spoiler alert is loud that's all i'm gonna tell you about episode zero <laughs> is, that, is that a spoiler alert for episode zero? Oh no spoiler spoiler alert that's not the that's not the old spoiler. I can find it, but we're not going to do that. Um, so what we did in the, the episode zero um, is that we did a like kind of like a not a battle royale, but we did like a versus with like comic book not comic book characters, video game characters. And with this, we figured you know we talked about sidekicks. Let the sidekicks fight it out. So I um, have this for a sidekick fight. I don't know. That's the Wilhelm scream. I don't yeah. really. That's that's I don't know what that is. That's like I kind think of, that would be a noise a sidekick would make if they lost a fight. Sure. They would just be like, oh, no, I'm going over the edge. Ah! And that would be my sidekick. Yeah. Oh, no. 
My Buck, psychic. Bucky. My psychic sidekick. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we're going to pull, we have uh, our, right. our sorting hat. That we should we should tweet a picture of our sorting hat. It's a sort. It's a it's a very powerful sorting hat. It it's is nacho great. sorting hat. Yes, it's great for holding nachos or, um, actually any type of piece of paper that we're going to use for the podcast. Uh, and I know you're probably like, who the hell puts nachos in a hat? Well, the Cleveland baseball, Indians the ba- fans do. Yes. The baseball stadium does. Yeah. So I'm going to grab a name here. And then we're going to see. One too, and we're going we're to talk about the sidekicks and see who they win in a fight. And I will go first. I have Knuckles from Sonic the Hedgehog. So I have William Riker oh. from Next Generation. Hmm. It, but we didn't specify if this is Bearded Riker or non-Bearded Riker. Because oh. if it's Bearded Riker, he would beat everybody. I don't care. <laughs> he would just like, beat the crap out of everybody. It doesn't matter. It's, it's Bearded Riker. Okay. Bearded Riker. You think Knuckles would not beat Bearded Riker? I mean, Knuckles, I guess it would depend on the battleground. If they're on the Enterprise, I would give it to Riker. But if they're on some kind of speed, course, if he goes down, if he goes down and he beams into like, like whatever the Sunset Valley, whatever the hell the stages were called, and he's like, "Oh, look, golden rings," and then a chinchilla rolls up and just starts punching the crap out of him, <laughs> I'm going to give it to Knuckles. I, but here's the trump card: Jonathan Frakes, who plays William Riker, directed Clock Stoppers, which is all about stopping time. Yeah. So I think he would be able to stop time and kick know. Knuckles' ass. You're right. And Knuckles is red, so I think he'd just be like, ah, oh, it's a red, red shirt, shirt. chinchilla. <laughs> right. William Riker. William Riker kind of wins that one. Okay. Make, make it so, number two. <laughs> all right. So I, I'm going to pull one now. All right. Who you got? I got Barty Rubble. Oh, this would be kind of a good matchup. I got Jughead. Oh, that is a good one. So I don't know if they'd fight. I just think they'd hang out and probably eat burgers. I, I would I would actually probably give it to Barney because, I mean, he's a caveman. He's got to have superior strength over a teenager. And doesn't he have the saber-toothed tiger that lives with him? Yeah, he's got or some type that, of appliance has, yeah. that's got teeth. And he also bowls like stones. Like, yeah. So, Jughead yeah. just eats hamburgers and he has a crown. It's true. So, yeah, I think maybe yeah, Barney would be Barney a- would just... Like I think it would be like a one-sided fight. Barney would hit him with a stick. I think Jughead would be like, I don't want to fight. I just want to, like, Ooh, hey, he would hang out with Wimpy. That would be Popeye's um, sidekick. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. He would just hang out with Wimpy. All right. All right. So what do, what do you got? Oh, I have uh, Otacon from Metal Gear Solid. I have Brian Griffin. <laughs> um, That's a tough one. I don't know because, like, Otacon definitely would have technology up on Brian. Like, he could probably make, like, a mini Metal Gear or something. But Brian Griffin has the power of brief asides, so I don't know. He'd he also like... has the pro- power of resurrection because they've <laughs> killed him once. So I don't think you would be able I think Brian Griffin would win any fight Oh, now. man, I'm picking all the winners right now. What's yeah. going on with that? Oof. All right, here. You keep... Wait, wait let's separate the winners. We got. Oh, okay. Did we want to actually maybe... Eh, we maybe... We'll, we'll pull a couple winners at the end to see who would win what. Yeah, we'll do a, we'll do a bracket. Okay. Like a semi-bracket. Hold on, let me mix this up a little because I keep seeing some of these. All right. All right. Go. I got Dr. John Watson. Uh, I got Launchpad McQuack. Oh, I'm going to give it to Launchpad because that dude has crashed so many times and has walked away from it. This is true, and I think if they were fighting on a plane, I would give it to Watson, but Watson's a pretty resilient dude. Yeah, but if you think about, like, okay, so in terms of psychic He also fighting, was a military guy. Well, I think Launchpad may have been. I don't know. Like, where do you learn how to fly a plane? He's a bird. Well, he knows how to fly. That's true. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not completely true you know, because like he. But he flew, also knows Gizmo Duck. Like Darkwing Duck couldn't fly himself around. That's so, true. So um, or Uncle Scrooge. So, uh, so I I would give it to Watson. Okay, we'll give All it right. to Watson. All right, and launch pads out. All right. So. He, he said any any crash you can walk away from is a good or any landing. No, any crash you can walk away from is a good landing. I think is what he said. Not that I need to quote Ducktales. Yeah. Woohoo. 
Oh, I got two. Hold on. Let me put one of these in here. Well, I'm glad I pulled the one I did. All right. So what do you I got? I got Arthur from The Tick. Arthur from The Tick. I got Misha the Bear from <laughs> World, World of Warcraft. Warcraft. Uh, it's, 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 it's a goddamn bear. That's yeah, it's a it. bear. You're right. <laughs> it's a bear. It's like <laughs> like this is this is no help from the the sidekick's primary sidekicker or whatever. Not mentor. I mean, if, if people don't play video games, Misha is this big bear walks around with her um um you know her friend Rexar who is a badass hunter orc and they just they just, they don't really have a side. They just kind of wander the landscape. Yeah. They're kind they're kinda like Mad Max where it's like we're just going to show up and it's like is there injustice? Cool. If not, screw you. We're out. Yeah. Now, large bear. Bear would win. Bear, right. bear, bear would win. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Who All right. What, what do you got? I got the companion cube from Portal. <laughs> I got Clank from Ratchet and Clank. I don't I don't know. Like, um, I mean, one of them can talk, but the other one's a companion cube. Yeah. And the companion cube is really important. I don't know. That's a tough one. I think if Clank was stuck in one of the simulations, I'd give it to the companion cube only because he couldn't get out without the companion cube. I, just, I'd give it to the companion cube. Companion cube would sit in the corner. Clank would just shoot it with guns and things, and it would nothing would happen unless he put it in an incinerator. But if he didn't pick it up and finish the puzzle, he'd, he'd pretty much starve and yeah, die. Yeah, so you need the companion cube, so I think that would win. Companion cube? Yeah, sure. That's funny. <laughs> I have Tonto. Is this the Johnny Depp Tonto or the actual Tonto? Uh, we'll go with the actual Tonto. Okay. The actual Native American. Uh, I got uh, Igor or Igor. Igor. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. Like, I think Tonto, like, he's a sidekick of the Lone Ranger, but I almost put them in, like, equals because it's like they really had their, both their own have, skill sets. Yeah, he's got a he's got a really good skill set. I mean, he's way better than, than Igor. So. I mean, Igor gets brains. That's, I mean, he brings brains, but I, I don't know. I'd give it. I think Tonto would be better in a fight. Yeah. Probably has a knife on him somewhere. I, I don't know if I'm making a generalization of um, Native Americans. Uh, but they always they have, carry, they knives. They carry knives. I don't know. They talk to cowboys. All right. Uh, I got Brom from Game of Thrones. Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Ooh. I don't really know what Brom could do against Tinkerbell because she'd be really hard to hit. Yeah, but like, it's, it's Brom. He's pretty great. I think Brom would find a way. I think Brom would find a way. So I'm going to give it to Brom too. Yeah, you guys can disagree with this. Like you guys can if be like, no, no, no. Like, I think Tinkerbell is no Tinkerbell. I, oh, Tinkerbell's the shit. You guys are the stupid. I'm like, you could fight. Well, not fight me, but you can talk about you know Brom. I have a Tinkerbell nightgown. She totally wins. <laughs> and you know she's roughly the same height as Tyrion. So I mean, no, she's not. <laughs> That's <is> way off. <laughs> Oh, I you should have gotten this one. Oh, is it Chewy? It's Chewbacca. I got Rose Tyler. Oh no! Yeah, you're torn. You, you know I would what? go. With, no, no, come no, no, on. No, no, no. You like both these franchises a lot. I do, but like Rose really is one not... of the, one of them is a really hairy beast, and the other one's a Wookie. Oh no! <laughs> I will no longer have a girlfriend at the end of this podcast. What is she, you just don't like her eyebrows, do you? I, you know, she grew on me as the like the second like. I, I mean, it took me a bit to like her in the first season. The the second season, it's like since she was the mainstay carrying over from um, the ninth doctor, the tenth doctor, mm-hmm. I really started to feel for her. Like I, I liked her. Her yeah, you're right. Her character didn't really pick up too much until David Tennant came around. But yeah, Chewbacca would totally rip her arms off. Yes, 
And I never saw her wear um, a bandolier of large shells. It's like, whatever. So uh, This is kind of a duo, I guess, but this is sidekick. I have Bender. I have Penny and Brain from Inspector Gadget. Oh, yeah, so, we talked I mean, about I don't that. know if we want to do one or the other, but they basically were always the the duo. Like Penny would just kind of like You know what though? But Inspector Gadget's kind of like Bender. Like he always had like multiple tools for all everything. He did. I'm I would give it to Bender. Okay. I mean, he could if he got a hold of either of them, I mean, he could bend them and just pretty much crush their heads. So, better question, Bender versus the 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 Gadget Mobile. Bender. Okay, fine. But the, the gadget mobile is pretty cool. Does it have magnets on it? Maybe, but then Bender did turn into a car once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, oh, I'm glad I got this one. Uh, I got Kato. I got Spock. They both use, like, neck oh, pinches. Oh, man. This is a, this would be a good fight right yeah, here. Yeah, it would be. Because, uh, uh, I mean, they're almost like the same dude. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's actually another, like, uh, sidekick type we didn't talk about is, like, like Star Trek's really good at like the alien sidekick, yeah, who's not human, but learns well, qualities from like the main character. That's like the well, it's that's like the, it's like the reverse Sherlock Holmes, kind of, but it gives you a different perspective. It's that alien perspective that yeah. the sidekick is there because it's like Spock's culture as a Vulcan came out more because he was there, you know, as like a predominant character as a sidekick to Kirk. Well, yeah, but even like Data, which I know we didn't do Data. Data's another sidekick. Yeah, so like. I don't know who he'd technically be a sidekick to because the whole ship interacted with him. But That's true. So, I don't know, Kato or Spock. I mean, Spock also is like... I feel like I would Vulcans give Vulcans are like stronger than humans. Well, yeah. I feel like I would probably give it to Spock only because he's got he's got a, a few centuries on Kato. And he and would he, mind melt it and be like freaked out about the whole Seth Rogen thing. <laughs> well, I think he would just be able to take him out easier. You know, they would. It would definitely be a good fight. I would. I. I would want to see some dun 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 dun. dun. I, I can't even make that loud noise that Jim Carrey made. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a good fight, though. Uh, oh, I got Screech from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I got George Costanza. Oh man, these are. This is another good matchup. Serenity now. <laughs> oh, um, see, I don't, we're going to show our loyalties here. I'm going to go with George just because he's wily, but Screech just did get arrested for pulling a knife on somebody and supposedly stabbing somebody that's, in the bar. No, that's that's Dustin Diamond, Screech, okay? <laughs> you can't Dustin Diamond, George Costanza. That's like saying, like, uh, Jason Alexander has a fine gun collection, but... Um, he turtled. <laughs> he, he turtled I would give water. it to George, too, okay. because it's like a grown man, although it is George, a grown man versus a scrawny teenager. I feel like this might be one of those Fox celebrity boxing fights later that would have Oh, that seen. would be a good celebrity <laughs> boxing fight. All right. Let's see here. Ooh, I got Luigi. And I got Cortana. Look at that. Oh, wow. Two massive video game properties and their sidekicks. I didn't know you were going to put Luigi down there because I didn't know if he was really a sidekick. Totally. Okay. All right. So I mean, I guess Mario's got a lot of sidekicks. Yoshi could have been on there too, but it's true. I mean, I'm gonna go with Luigi just because he has the ability to move around. Cortana just kind of shows up places. I mean, she probably could like call in some type of like orbital strike on him. That's true, but I mean, he could probably call in. Um, okay. I don't know, like what, what are those? Uh, the turtle shell. The turtle shell, or those like the cloud guys, the the ones that throw the spike shells. You're talking about? Yeah. I forget what they call them? The flood. Know. The flood. No. Yeah. Luigi um, could call the flood. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Cortana. You want to give it to Luigi? I I would give it to Luigi. I don't know. All right, let's 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 just do this as a undecided then. 
It's that, a me, a flood. I don't know. It's a me. It's a flood. That would be funny. Video game villains popping into other video games. Oh, my <laughs> it's like, goodness. Mario, you deal with the flood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Oh. Who'd you get? I, I have no time for love, Dr. Jones, because I got short round. I got Jesse Pinkman. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. I think short round, he'll, like, he has to put blocks on his feet just to drive. Yeah. Pinkman's been through a lot, too. <laughs> it's true. He's killed a man. He'd be like... Short know, round's not killed anyone. Like, you go down, bitch. I don't know. I have nothing. <laughs> you go down. <laughs> oh, I got uh, Bucky Barnes. Hydra Bob. So this is a Marvel showdown. Oh, this is a Marvel showdown. I will admit, I don't know a whole lot about Hydra Bob. I know he's Deadpool's like sidekick. I know that. I mean, if we go off of Bucky Barnes and not Winter Soldier, um, I would probably give it, still give it to Bucky. Yeah. Because Hydra Bob is purely comic relief and ineffective with Deadpool. I will need to, I, you know, I want to, I'm going to confess, I need to read more Deadpool um, to, to figure out, because I've heard Hydra Bob in passing. <laughs> Hydra Bob. I remember having a conversation at uh, the Christmas event at the comic book shop with this guy when Deadpool was getting married. And, and he, I was like, was Hydra Bob at the wedding? He's like, no. I'm like, how is, how is Hydra Bob not at the wedding? Uh, okay. I have uh, Donkey. I have Rush, the band, the Canadian band Rush. <laughs> you know who that is. <laughs> who's Rush, the Canadian band sidekick, too? Uh, Mr. Roboto. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I got Rush, who is the dog companion to Mega Man. Who is also Mr. Roboto. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. Um, donkey versus Rush. I mean... Rush can turn into a jet sled. Yeah, Rush would totally win He has a lot fight. more usability than just being Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So, Donkey's a good sidekick, though. <laughs> oh, why couldn't I have had this against Chewbacca? This would have been the best fight ever. What do you got? I got Barf from Spaceballs. No, I got Robin. Oh, it's going to be Robin because what's like Barf? What he he? I mean, it he depends was on which Rob. It depends on a whole old Robin is. I think I think Robin. Well, Barf's would still dead win. anyway now. So I mean, the guy who played Rob, Barf. A lot of Robins are dead too. <laughs> no. Um. All right, we'll go with Robin. Yeah. All right, let's see. I wanted to see a barf Chewbacca fight. That'd been pretty great. All right, who'd you get? Um, Daxter. I got Samwise Gamgee. Daxter. Yeah, Daxter. Because I think Rudy's a. I think Rudy's kind of a bitch. I don't know. He had a hard time with Gollum, and Daxter's kind of about the same size as Gollum. It's true. Plus, but doesn't isn't isn't um isn't Sam armed? He's got a he's got a short sword. Does he have a short sword? Okay. Yeah, Dexter. And he, he rode an eagle, so we'll give it the Sam Samwise. Yeah. All right, we're, we're, we're almost, almost we're almost okay. out of there. All right, I got. Who'd you get? I got. I pulled two of them, so I'll stick oh. with the other one. I got Patrick Star. I got oh. Pinky. <laughs> Those. That's another great matchup. Uh, Pinky and Patrick Star. They're, they're both technically pink. Um, that's true. They're but... both idiots. <laughs> My favorite Patrick Star moments from the SpongeBob movie, whenever um, they're trying to be grown-ups, and then they realize they can't be grown-ups, so they're crying, and his pants fall down around his ankles, which starfish don't have ankles. And then, um, they, what was it, Scarlett Johansson shows up, and he's like, did you see her underpants? And she's like, no. He's like, did you want to see her underpants? <laughs> he's got some great lines. Like, I, I've never really watched SpongeBob, like, 
It, like I've seen like three episodes, but my girlfriend always quotes Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I like Patrick. And also, if you think about just anatomy wise, if you end up cutting Patrick Star in half, he would just make two of them. So two Patrick be, Stars. Yeah. I would give it to Patrick Star okay. because Pinky is a, a lab mouse and a terrible lab mouse at that. I got to grab another one here. All right, so I got who'd you get? I got Lockheed, Ooh. who is the dragon, small dragon companion to Kitty Pride in X Men. I got Butters. <laughs> like I don't know, that's a tough fight because Butters took a throwing star to the eye. It's true. He's also Professor. He's Chaos. also Professor Chaos. Which I mean, Lockheed is a he's, he's a, a dragon. He's a he's a tiny dragon. I'm gonna give it to Butters just because in Stick of Truth he was the most useful companion character. He totally was because he could heal he you could, yeah. and everything else. So I'll give it to Butters. And he throw the hammer at you. Yeah, uh, Butters versus Lockheed, and he could turn into Professor Chaos and just be like, "Mwahahaha." <laughs> All right, Lockheed's cool though. I mean, if you guys don't know who Lockheed, is, he's <laughs> don't awesome. don't take yeah, poor yeah. Lockheed. Yeah. All right, <laughs> I have uh, Mini Me. I'm Groot. <laughs> that, that is a huge difference. Well, in fight. If styles. you think about it, like Groot's gonna have Rocket on him too. Like Groot's used to people that size. Yeah, I gotta give it to Groot because I mean, Mini Me. I mean, you know, even if he has Doctor Evil with him, that's not a fight. Yeah. Oh, right. I grabbed two. I'll just keep okay. it. We're, we're almost done We're here. almost done. Sorry, you guys are like, is this Everyone's just like, I don't care. Get just to the, the end. Shit talking Spock. I gotta open. Side. I gotta work in the morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got Little John. Little John? Yeah. Oh, you meant for Robin Hood. I was thinking, I was thinking of Big Chuck and Little John. <laughs> that's... Him, I was like, I guess that's true. Him versus Mini Me. Yeah, like, that's, that would be a fight I'd want to see. Um, um, Harley Quinn. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm thinking. Are you thinking Little John from the Robin Hood cartoon? Which that's um, I would. I mean, any Little uh, John. I would give bear. it to Harley Quinn. Okay, like Harley Quinn. Like Little John's usually the quarterstaff bow, but I mean, she's crazy. That's true. So you're throwing <laughs> crazy in the mix. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I still thought of Little John from Big Truck and Little John. That's that's bizarre. That, <laughs> yeah. that was my first thought. I'm like, I guess that's a sidekick. That's a Cleveland nod. Yeah, I mean, we got to have a Cleveland sidekick in here. <laughs> Uh, I got Navi. I got Andy Richter. Oh man, I think I think uh, Andy Richter would win. I mean, he I would have liked to see Navi versus Tinkerbell. That would have been a good that fight. Been a good fight. That would have been a good sparkly fight. Um, Navi's from uh, is it Ocarina Time? I think it's from Ocarina Time. Yeah, she's the companion for Link. Who and she showed up a couple other ones too. Right? If was, anybody's yeah. heard a ringtone or any type of sound that says "Hey, listen," that's Navi. Yeah. So, so Andy Richter controls the universe. He also one. controls Navi. That's yeah. something that I wanted to talk about, but we didn't get into. We don't have to now. But like the sidekicks on late night talk shows, we totally yeah, we totally meant <laughs> yeah. to do that, and we completely skipped out on them. Sorry, Andy Richter. Sorry, Ed McMahon. And that's the end of it. So who do you got? I got Boo Boo. Oh, I got Hit Girl. Oh well, okay, never mind. Yep, it's Hit, Hit Girl. Girl. So those right. are the winners. They stay in there. The losers are out. Yeah. Someday we'll get back to this. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? That was a lot of names. So. Yeah, well, there's a lot of sidekicks. There's things that we didn't even. I'm sure there's people there's that we left out. Sidekicks we didn't even touch on yet. Yeah. So, so um, that was a lot of fun. I'm glad that we did that. So uh, next week's Comic Con, or I should say, it's going on right now. But we're going to talk about Comic Con. Um, remember, we have our panel. So please, 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 please uh, send us questions about the show that we want to answer Comic Con because we would like you know we want to we want to give back. Like we're eleven episodes in, we're big time now. We want to let everybody know, yep. you know. Like so, please hit us up on Twitter. That's uh, Invading Podcast at, at, at Twitter. 
uh, invasion invading podcast at Gmail, invasion of the podcast on Facebook. Um, a shout out to uh, Radio Violenta. Yeah. Um, that if you guys like uh, listen to podcasts, there's other podcasts you listen to, and definitely Cleveland based. So give them a listen. Yeah, uh, Kevin and Rick they they do a, a cult movie podcast, and um, the good guys. And I know their most recent episode. They've only done two, but the most recent one they've talked about. Um, there's a movie called Raiders of Atlantis from '83. That's an Italian film, and then a movie called Shark Hunter that has Franco Nero, who was Django originally. Um, so that sounds like bizarre like cinema that I think would be well worth listening yeah. to. If you guys um, listen to us for movies and especially like some of the crazy movies like Roar that we talk about, this is a podcast for you. So yeah, definitely check it out. Um, so yeah, like next time it will be Comic-Con and we had a lot of fun tonight and uh, to all sidekicks everywhere, our hats are off to you and uh, we'll see you next time. See you next week.